Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. Joining us again today for our life study of Genesis is Ed Marks. Today, Ed, we have a very interesting life study, focusing on just the first two verses of Genesis. And I believe that if our listeners will stay with us, they'll be presented with a biblical view of creation that will very likely surprise them. But before we get to that, let's listen to a short portion from Witness Lee that gives us a quick overview and sketch of the entire book. With every book of the Bible, we will have, number one, the general sketch. The general sketch of Genesis is God created, Satan corrupted, man fell, and Jehovah promised to save. Never forget these four things. What the book of Genesis talks about. Number one, God created. Number two, Satan corrupted. And number three, man fell. And number four, Jehovah promised to save. This is the sketch of this whole book of 50 chapters. It's hard for you to remember all the verses of the 50 chapters, but it's so easy for you to remember these four And indeed, that was a very good sketch of the book of Genesis. Yes, it's very good and very enlightening. But today we want to focus on the biblical account of creation. And for most of our listeners, this will be quite new. Give us a little preview of where we're going today. Well, what we'll see today in the exposition of Genesis from Brother Lee's life study is that what Genesis really presents us with regarding creation is something that is not in conflict with science at all. Uh, We will see that in verses 1 and 2 of Genesis 1, it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. We will see that verse 1 speaks of God's original creation. And then we will see that in verse 2, verse 2 says, And the earth became waste and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. We'll see from Brother Lee's presentation, which is coming up, that in verse 2, some cataclysmic event took place in the universe to cause the earth, which was created by God in a very wonderful way, to become waste and void. We will see that Between Genesis 1 and 2, something quite terrible took place, and this was the rebellion of Satan and the angels who followed him in his rebellion against God. This resulted in God's judgment of the universe, which caused the earth to become waste and void. So beginning in verse 3, what we have in the further record of Genesis 1 
is God's restoration of the created universe and his further creation. And when you look at science in light of this revelation of the scripture, there is absolutely no conflict between scripture and science when it comes to creation. Thank you, Ed. Again, let us point out that this is an old tape of Witness Lee, and it may be a little hard to understand, but this is a classic exposition of Genesis chapter 1, and we're very happy to be able to present it on radio for the first time. So let's join Witness Lee from April 1974 for today's life study of Genesis. Now, we come to something that would uh, surprise you. Satan's rebellion and corruption. Some of you may ask, what does this mean? We are talking about creation of God. Why, all of a sudden, you insert the rebellion of Satan? Here we need a little study. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth became waste and empty. The concordance version says, Yet, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, yet the earth became chaos and vacant. You all know what is a chaos? Just a mess. Do you believe that our God who is so fine, so much in order, would create any kind of mess? The earth became chaos, a waste, and vacant. So, let me tell you. Either you say chaos and vacant, or you say waste and empty. This phrase in the Old Testament has been used at least four times. The first time in Genesis 1-2, and the second time in Isaiah 38-11, and the third time is in Jeremiah 4-23, and another time is in Isaiah 45-18. Four times you could see to have something waste, empty. Surely it is not of God. But it is the result always of God's judgment. Whatever has been judged by God, it became a waste and empty. Based upon this principle, we have to know and we have to realize surely the earth became waste and empty. It must be it was judged by God. Ed Witness Lee went to some length to point out two words in verse 2, waste and empty as they're rendered in some translations, and chaos and vacant in others. Why are these two words so important in getting a proper understanding of this portion of Scripture? The reason why these two words are very important is we know that 
When God creates something, He would never create something that is full of chaos and vacant. The author of chaos in the universe is Satan, and the author of waste or vacancy or void is Satan. And I would just like to read a portion from Isaiah to show us this. If we look at Isaiah 45, verse 18, this verse is very enlightening because it says, Thus says the Lord that created the heavens, God himself that forms the earth and made it, he that establishes it, he created it, not a waste. This verse tells us clearly from the original Hebrew that God did not create the earth a waste. In fact, this verse goes on to say he formed it to be inhabited. So this is very clear from Isaiah 45, 18. And this word waste is the same word in verse 2, which says the earth became waste and void. But Isaiah 45, 18 says the Lord did not create the earth a waste. This shows clearly that in verse 2, something happened to make God's original creation of the earth a waste and void. Also, I'd like to point out another a critical word here. This is in verses 1 and 2 of Genesis 1. It says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2 says, the King James says, And the earth was without form and void. But the word was there in the Hebrew is actually the word became. It's the same Hebrew word in Genesis 19.26, which says that Lot's wife became a pillar of salt. She was not a pillar of salt originally, but she became something that she was not. She became a pillar of salt. In the same way, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth became something that it was not originally. It became waste and void. And what the scriptures show us is that the reason why the earth became waste and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep is because between God's original creation, between the verses 1 and 2 of Genesis, there was a terrible event that took place in the universe, and this was the rebellion of Lucifer. In God's legions of angels, Lucifer was the most beautiful angel. He was the best angel. He was the top angel. And because of his pride, he rebelled against God. He wanted to take the place of God. And as a result, God pronounced judgment on him. And the earth also suffered the result of that judgment. And the earth became waste and void or chaos and vacant. So these two words are very critical in our understanding of this passage of the Word. Ed, let me ask a follow-up here. You you mentioned the verse in Isaiah. Uh, Witness Lee asked that we look at a few other references to back up this point. What are, so that our listeners have them for their own study, what are these references? And maybe you could read one or two real quickly. Yes, we read Isaiah 45, verse 18, which is a very critical reference to show us that God did not create the earth a waste. We can see from Job 38, verses 4 through 7, that when God created the heavens and the earth, the angels were there, and they were shouting and singing for joy. This shows that the angels most likely were the first created beings created by God, and they were there when God created the original universe, and they were singing for joy because of the masterpiece of God's creation. But when we look at Isaiah 14, 
in Ezekiel 28, what we can see is that Satan, the leading angel, the top angel, he rebelled against God. And as a result, God's original created universe became waste and void and full of darkness. So God had to come in to restore that universe and to do some further creation until eventually he created man on the sixth day to accomplish his eternal purpose. We've also got a verse, Isaiah 34, verse 11, which talks about God's judgment. And in God's judgment, it says, He shall stretch out upon the land the line of confusion. This actual Hebrew word here is the line of waste. This shows that for God to make something a waste is a result of his judgment. Also, if we go to Jeremiah, this is chapter 4, verse 23, uh, this is a result of God's judgment. Jeremiah says, I beheld the earth, and lo, it was waste and void. The result of God's judgment is that the universe became waste and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Waste, void, and darkness have nothing to do with God's original creation, which we know whatever God does is masterful. But waste, void, and darkness came in because of Satan's rebellion against God. Well, these verses and references do seem to be compelling that we have another view. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Well, if you put all the things together, surely we can. Not only we can, but we have to infer that something did happen after God created the heavens and the earth and before Adam was created. In other words, between verse 1 and verse 2 of chapter 1 of Genesis, there should be a period of time in which all the things happen. What happened? According to the full revelation of the Bible. At the time when God created the heavens and the earth, God created the angels. Why we say this? Because the book of Job told us that when God was laying the measure of the foundation of the earth, the sons of God were there already. They were shouting for joy. So this proves that when God created the earth, by that time, the angels were created already. And if you read Isaiah 14 carefully, you could see Satan was also one of the angels. And by Ezekiel 28, you can see Satan was the archangel because he was anointed as the cherub. So he should be the head of all the angels. God appointed him as the head of that universe. He became the prince of that world, which was before Adam. It is sure that up to 13 times, this archangel, the anointed cherub, rebelled against God. He just rebelled. 
He rebelled against God. Ed, we're beginning to see then that the 6,000-year record of creation is accurate if we begin from Genesis 1, verse 2. But if we begin where the Bible begins, at verse 1, then the original creation could have been much, much earlier. Is that correct? Yes, this is absolutely correct. Actually, the original creation was much earlier. The tragedy is that there are many Christians who are trying to fight the battle for a 6,000-year length of time for the created universe. Well, that's somewhat correct if you start from verse 2 of Genesis. But how do we explain the scientific discoveries of the ages of the universe when we know there's an ice age, we know there were dinosaurs? I mean, how do we explain this? How do we explain the ice age, for example? Well, the way we explain it is by this interval between Genesis 1-1 and verse 2. No one knows how long this period of time was. God created the heavens and the earth in a wonderful order, in a beautiful way, in a perfect way, which only God can do. But then God's top angel, Lucifer, rebelled against him. And again, I would say Isaiah 14 is very clear on Satan's rebellion. Lucifer rebelled against God. He said, I will ascend to the throne. I will be like the Most High. At that point, there was another will in the universe besides God's will. There was another intention. And this was the intention of Lucifer who rebelled against God and who became Satan, God's adversary. As a result of Satan's rebellion, with the evil angels who followed Satan in that rebellion, God had to judge Satan, and he did judge Satan, according to Ezekiel chapter 28. As a result, the earth became waste and void, or chaos and vacant. Now, the period of time of this judgment between Genesis 1-1 and 1-2, a biblical scholar named G.H. Pember, he calls this the interval. And he says no one knows how long this interval was. There's no way to trace how long this interval was. And I would just like to say, related to G.H. Pember, the book that he wrote concerning this is Earth's Earliest Ages. And this book was first published in 1876. Uh, You can get a copy of this at your Bible bookstores. The first two chapters of this book are very illumining to talk about this interval between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, in which Satan's rebellion took place, which caused God to judge Satan, and as a result, the earth became waste and void. And this is an explanation of the ice ages and all the geological scientific things that have been discovered, which we know with this kind of revelation, there's no conflict between science and the Bible. Thank you, Ed. Let's go back and pick up Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study of Genesis chapter 1. Now you understand why the earth became chaos and vacant. God didn't create anything as a waste. God created a nice earth. Surely it was fine. It was something so much in outer. Then Satan rebelled against God. 
and his angels follow him. And the living creatures on the earth of that age also joined the rebellion. So God came in to judge. Firstly, God judged Satan. And this doesn't mean God executed his judgment. To condemn is one thing. To carry out the condemnation is another thing. And I tell you, the judgment over Satan was made before Adam was created. But the execution of God's judgment would not be carried out by God himself. God would not do this. No judge would carry out the execution by himself. He needs some policemen, the human beings. And the human beings got fallen. Then who will be the executor? The Christians, the overcoming believers, the church. Why the judgment on Satan has not been carried out yet? The judge is waiting for some policeman to carry out his judgment. Hallelujah. Well, this is not my word. If you go on to Revelation chapter 12, you can see the overcomers will execute the judgment of God over Satan. Well, Ed, this has been a wonderful study. I think in conclusion, the point that Witness Lee makes here in the end about God's desire for the church to be participants in the execution of this judgment, this needs some further clarification. Would you help us with this? Yes, we see from the Bible that God has judged Satan. But the execution of that judgment upon Satan still needs to take place. And this is similar to a court of law. When the judge pronounces his judgment on a criminal, the criminal is not executed by the judge. And the execution is not carried out right there in the courtroom. There's a process that takes place for that execution. Well, this is a picture. In the same way God has pronounced judgment upon Satan, But who will be Satan's executioners? Actually, it's through the overcoming church that God operates to execute Satan and cast Satan into the lake of fire. This is quite marvelous. So we believers need to cooperate with God to be filled with God, to express God, and not just to express God, but also to represent God with God's authority so that Satan can be defeated by God and ultimately cast into the lake of fire for eternity. We know from the Bible that when we pray, our struggling is against principalities and powers. Although Satan has been judged, we still need to struggle against him in prayer. And we need to bind him. We need to bind the enemy. Also, Revelation tells us that the overcomers are those who overcome Satan as the accuser. Now, I would just like to conclude with this to our listeners, is how we can overcome Satan in this age to ultimately be one with God, to defeat him finally, so that he can be permanently in the lake of fire. Well, we need to realize that as believers, we need four critical things. First thing we need is the blood of Christ. We overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, according to Revelation 12:11. We also need God's Word. We need to be in the Word every day. Well, the third thing we need is the Spirit. 
We need to be filled with the Spirit every day. Finally, all the believers need the church. And when I say the church, I'm referring to the body of Christ. The Lord promised us in Matthew 16, he said, The gates of Hades cannot prevail against the builded church. So I'd like all our listeners to remember these four things every day. We need the blood, the word, the spirit, and the church with the fellowship of the members of the body of Christ. Amen. Thank you, Ed, for this very helpful fellowship. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.